welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student. We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school. My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment. Welcome back. In today's episode, we are joined by Maisie Hines, a BDS free student from the University of Plymouth. Thank you for joining us today, Maisie. Hey guys, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Maisie. It's great to have you on. Just to jump into the episode, is there anything in your opinion that sets Plymouth Dental School apart from the rest? Yeah, definitely. So this is something I often get asked about um, by students who are thinking of applying to Plymouth and aren't really sure why they should apply. So I think the main standout point for Plymouth would definitely be the early clinical experience. Uh, We're able to see patients from year one, which a lot of students would probably think that's quite daunting, but it's actually great because it teaches you how to sort of build that patient rapport with your patients early on, which is obviously vital in dentistry. I would also say we have classroom-sized teaching, so it's about 40 students per class, especially in year one and two. Um, And you have these sort of teaching sessions for things like anatomy and physiology. And I think the reasons why these are so great is because it sort of gives the lecturer a chance to be a bit more interactive with the students. And it also normally makes the students feel a little bit more comfortable in terms of asking questions and things. So yeah, I think that's what sets Plymouth apart. Amazing. And how did you sort of feel about seeing patients so early on? Yeah so I remember I was to be honest I was so nervous because I was just like it's just such a big responsibility obviously even though in your first few sessions you're doing you know like a new patient exam like a BPE and stuff I was just so nervous but it's as soon as you meet your patient I think all of that like nervousness just goes out of the window because you realize that it is just you know talking to your patients and getting to know them for the first session so I think you're nervous definitely Mm -hmm. to start with and I definitely was but as soon as you meet your patient honestly you won't be nervous at all Mm -hmm. it's like jumping in the deep end almost and then sort of coming to the surface and realize that it's actually not as bad as what you thought it was going to be (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um to sort of go on from that then would you be able to give us a sort of a rough course structure like a year by year breakdown of what you guys do at Plymouth yeah yeah definitely so we have a lot of different sort of learning types like I'm sure all other dental schools have so obviously we have lectures you have them throughout your time at dental school we call them plenaries for some reason I don't really know why but it's basically just your whole year group and uh, you get taught things about like dental materials and all that sort of stuff and then in year one and two you have things called LSRC you have a few of them in year three as well but they sort of get phased out Um, so that's the classroom size learning sessions I was talking about earlier and you have that mainly covering topics like anatomy and physiology Um, and then you also have things called workshops which are basically more interactive forms of LSRC so you'd learn about like orthodontics and subjects that you kind of need to be hands-on in order to understand and then you have obviously uh, it's called SIDL or SDLE, so it stands for Stimulated Dental Learning Environment, and that's basically the phantom head work. So, you know, you're practicing on the phantom heads to like drill and fill and stuff like that, and that's what your practical exams are normally on. Uh, and then you have clinical sessions, and then you have something called EBL, which is evidence based learning classes. So, that's in small groups of 10, 
and you work through a sort of patient case over two to three weeks and you sort of go away research topics and come back and basically say what you've learned so in terms of how that changes so in your first your first year and your second year you have all of them you have you know lsrc's lectures siddal clinic and ebl you only have one clinic day a week whereas in year two you shift to having two clinic days a week in year three, you shift to have basically two or three clinic days a week. I know that was actually a change that was made for COVID. I don't 100% know if that change is going to stay, um, but we're going to be seeing patients three days a week, one week, and then two days the other. And then in your fourth year, you then shift to seeing patients just three days a week. And then in fifth year, obviously, it's four days a week. Um, so in terms of how it changes, it basically changes in terms of clinical time. So you obviously have more clinical time the older you get. Um, you have finished all of your SIDL capabilities and your like exams for your SIDL by the end of third year, so the beginning of fourth year. And you shift to having more lectures instead of LSRCs from third year onwards, really. So, yeah, that's basically it. So, right, mix of things going on there then. And how, how do you find that? Is there a certain aspect that you enjoy more than other? Yeah, I think when I first came to university, I remember I thought, oh, I'm going to hate Siddle because I just thought... I, I'm really excited to be a dentist and I'm really excited to sort of be interacting with patients but I thought it was just going to be kind of boring because obviously it's three hour classes and you're just with a phantom head but actually that was probably one of my favourite classes because practising how to do something and using your manual dexterity it's harder than you think but also it I find it kind of therapeutic because you can sort of zone out and just focus on what you're doing like you're literally just doing a class two filling and you can just focus on that entirely mm. so I find Siddle most fun and obviously clinic I love clinic um I found EBL difficult at first because I'd never done anything like it and I remember thinking because you come in and you obviously you tell people what you've learned but you only get like one page of notes and you can't really read off of it mm -hmm. so I remember thinking I'm gonna struggle with that and I did struggle with it at first but I think actually that's the thing that helped me to learn the most content mm -hmm. so I think it's the most useful but I do think it's the thing that I took the most adjusting to if that makes sense mm-hmm mm -hmm. I think it's quite good from what you said that they are adapting lots of different teaching styles so hopefully you know everybody will find their strengths and their weaknesses and sort of develop in that way that's what I can sort of grasp from what you're saying yeah definitely yeah and you mentioned there about the uh, kind of practical sessions on the phantom heads and down on clinic what are the clinical facilities like at Plymouth I think the clinical facilities are really, really great at Plymouth. I mean, a benefit of Plymouth is it's quite a new universe, a new dental school anyway. So because it's relatively new, all of the facilities are also relatively new. Um, we have actually four different clinics. So there are two in Plymouth, one at a place called Devonport and then one at the hospital in Dereford. And then we have one in Exeter and one in Truro. And because we have so many different sort of facilities, it means that there's always a lot of space and it's always just quite new and it also means that there's always space for students which is really great so i think overall the clinical facilities are absolutely fantastic honestly amazing so you mentioned there about ex exeter yeah. is that right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um another place are they forms of outreach for you guys yeah so um in first and second year you see patients in Devonport and then in third year you commute to Exeter um, which is kind of a long commute it is like an hour and 
it's like an hour and a bit of a coach journey so it's kind of long but um you know you get experience in a different clinic so that's just your clinic that's where you just practice and you see patients and then fourth year you literally move to Truro so you can't really commute to Truro so you live down there for a whole year which is amazing because obviously there are so many amazing Mm -hmm. beaches and so many amazing things to do um so yeah you actually have to pack up and sort of move to a new like hall facility in Truro wow sounds like a very unique experience going down there and having to (laughs) get a whole different year down there how how do you find having to kind of up sticks and go down there for a year i think it's something that a lot of students don't properly know before they apply um and it's definitely something students need to know before they apply because it is obviously a big Mm -hmm. change like you think oh okay i'm gonna be studying dentistry in plymouth for five years but it's not because you're going to Exeter for one year and then you're going to Truro for another so it's definitely something that you need to evaluate and think okay is this something I want to do when I go and for me I recently like actually moved down here so it's quite nice because it means I'm going to be able to get to see all of like the like landmarks and just all of the nice beaches I think it's great and to be honest if you like nature and you like beaches then you'll love it but it is definitely an adjustment and it's something you need to think about before you come to Plymouth. Absolutely. It would play a big factor if if people didn't want to do that move and go so far away. You would need to consider that before applying because that is one part of the course. And is it right in assuming that you can't opt out of that, you have to go? Yeah, so you can't opt out of that, you have to move to Truro. Um, So yeah, I I completely agree with you there. So just to go back earlier on, you, you mentioned about early clinical exposure and kind of going on in the clinic from year one when in year one is it that you actually go on clinic so you start something called clinic induction in january mm-hmm. that's not when you're seeing patients it's just sort of you go onto your clinic and you basically work with your clinical partner mm-hmm who is the person who will be a dental nurse for you when you're the dentist and then vice versa. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of do extra oral, intraoral exams. You just get used to the bays and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then in March, you see your first patient and it's only March till like like June or May. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually that long, um, but it's only one day a week as well. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you'll learn a, a huge amount even in that one day. Yeah, exactly. Because even if, for example, if your patient needs an extraction, obviously as a first year, you're not allowed to do that. Um, But you'll get to see someone do that, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Because obviously you have supervisors on every single bay. So your supervisor can do things. So you'll be able to even just see procedures like that, which you wouldn't normally be able to see as a first year. Mm -hmm. And is there a lot of shadowing that happens in Plymouth? Uh, no, not really. We don't get to shadow. So, like, as a first year, you don't really get to shadow an older year or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's mainly because, because they just throw you in in sort of March and say, okay, you're seeing patients now. They don't really, you don't really have a time to shadow, if that makes sense. But I would say, obviously, you get to shadow your clinical partner and that in itself is plenty of shadowing because you're always doing completely different things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And just to go back again um with regards to like the different clinics that you guys attend in the different areas as well do you have the opportunity or um is it sort of compulsory for you guys to do an elective at all uh, so actually elective isn't part of anything to do with the Plymouth Dental School they don't really mm-hmm. um it's not part of our curriculum unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, which is another thing obviously you should look into before you apply you need to know that uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah electives just aren't part of 
Plymouth Dental School. It's, they don't really have anything to do with it. Obviously, you can do it in the summertime, and normally people would do it between like the summertime of year three and four or four and five. But yeah, that's not mm-hmm. something Plymouth Dental School do. Hmm. Interesting. So to move on now to speak about like different exam types, can you give us a bit of an idea of what exams you guys do? Yeah, definitely. So all of our exams, all of our non-practical exams are basically in the style of multiple choice question papers or MCQs, um, which again is something that you should like look into. You should always look into the exam type of your university before you go there. Um, so no matter what your year you're in, you always have one of these per term. We don't really have like a, an exam season at the end of the year. We don't have that. It's always one per term, which I think for me is really nice because it means it sort of takes some of the stress off of the end of the year and you can sort of see your progress throughout the year. Um, so in first and second year, you have a separate exam to everyone else. It's called the integrated dental science exam. Um, they're separate from each other, but in first year it focuses more on anatomy. And then in year two, it starts to focus a bit more on dental pathology and like oral medicine. And then the third years, fourth years and fifth years all sit the exact same exam. It's called the ADK or the Applied Dental Knowledge Exam. So it basically focuses on all aspects of dentistry that you would need to know as a final year student and a new dentist, basically. Um, You have, they don't just sort of throw you into that exam. You have three formative exams in year two, which are the ADK, but it doesn't count for you, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So you do sort of, you're able to get used to the structure because obviously it's kind of alien to you as a third year. Um, so we do one of them a term and they basically want to see you progress throughout the year and also throughout the years. So for example, they want to see that you're doing better in term three than you were doing in term one. And they want to see that obviously you're doing better in year five than you are in year three. Um, so I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice because as well, obviously if your final year exams are the ones you're sitting in year three, you are able to sort of get an idea of the style of questions that they ask Mm -hmm. because you're sitting Mm -hmm. the exam that year five is sitting. Um, so I think that's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have obviously coursework, which is spread throughout the year, like reflective writing, because obviously reflection is a huge part of dentistry and becoming a dentist. And then we also have something called the um, IPE project or the Interprofessional Engagement Project. And that is essentially you would go out to an organisation in your community and you'd talk to them and you'd see what you can do to help basically as a dental student and a future dentist and you sort of create an intervention and a project and then you present this to them, you deliver your intervention and then you obviously present this to your university. Mm. Oh, amazing. And what year was that that you do that in, sorry? You do that in every year. Um, so yeah so it starts in year one um they change slightly in terms of what you do so the one we the one we did recently was exactly what i just said whereas in the first year one i believe you don't have to deliver the intervention it's just you plan Mm -hmm. something and then you write a report on it Mm -hmm. so again very much evidence-based that sort of line of theory really for you guys to sort of develop yeah yeah exactly i think it's really interesting that you guys all sit the exact same exam and I think that's the first time we've actually heard of any dental school doing that Mm -hmm. how do you find that like is it a lot of pressure on you guys do you feel yeah I think it can be I think so obviously I've sat three of the formative ones this year because I've just finished second year um I think at first when I saw the exam I was thinking what like half of the stuff I was like I actually don't know what it's talking about but 
actually you realize that you do know more than you think and I think for some people it can be a bit of a confidence boost because like oh actually no I do know this and I think as well because some people struggle a lot with the sort of anatomy and the sort of histology side of dentistry that you have to learn in dental school whereas I think this style of exam is really suited to the people who are you know more clinical based who like the sort of clinical aspect of dentistry because mm. you learn a lot from being on clinic like most of the things that I got right were actually things that I'd learned on clinic from my supervisors and just from talking to my patients and things like that. So I think it can be daunting. And I think a lot of students do find it daunting. I know I did when I first started doing them. But actually, I think as you go throughout the year, you realise just how much you learn from being on clinic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so it sort of ties in quite nicely with the early clinical experience Mm -hmm. as well as this type of exam that you guys are exposed to, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take it that the pass mark will change as you go through the years. Yes, of course. So it's not obviously the same pass mm-hmm. mark. Um, so in year two, obviously they don't really expect you to get too much. Also um, at Plymouth, I should mention we have a negative marking scheme. So basically, there's not. So you can not put an answer, but if you put an incorrect answer, you lose zero point two five marks. If that makes sense. So they're basically trying to teach mm-hmm. you how to not just guess things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if that's something other universities do. It probably is. But basically, it's it basically just... Because obviously, you're used to sort of just guessing if you don't know. Whereas in mm-hmm. these exams, you can't do that because you will lose marks for doing that. So it kind of makes you think about your answers a little bit more. That's quite interesting, actually. I don't think we've heard other unis adapt that, Ryan. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Oh, really? And that's what I was going to ask also, is how do you guys... Well, as kind of dental students, most people are kind of high achievers and kind of determined to do the best that they can how do you kind of comprehend the fact that there's you're going into an exam that you know you're not (laughs) going to do as well in or you don't have the potential to get a really high percentage in yeah so I think that can be a bit of sort of shell shock for a lot of students because you're exactly right like most dental students you know they're perfectionists they want to be mm-hmm. the top of their class whereas this I think it definitely humbles you <laughs> because you you know they're expecting you to get in second year I think they expect you to get like something like 20% like literally 20% um so if their if their expectations are that low it does make you think oh okay I'm not as you know I'm not as well-rounded as I thought I was but you have to think mm-hmm. like in the long term it will help you but I think it can definitely be a bit of a oh I thought I was going to get 100% whereas it's literally not possible because you haven't been taught half of the content that you're being examined on in this case Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think you just need to sort of take everything with a pinch of salt and think okay I'm not expected to do well in this so if I do better than I'm expected to do then I'm on a good path and I'm on the right track. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way. Yeah I think that's a really good way of Mm -hmm. looking at it actually um yeah and I'm actually still baffled by the negative marking I can't (laughs) believe I thought that was a thing that other universities did yeah I mean it's not something that anybody's mentioned to us but I suppose with the way that you've explained it it's actually like it's got it's like reasons behind it because when you're actually working out in practice you wouldn't just be guessing like everything is evidence-based so I guess with you guys everything just does tie in quite nicely with the evidence-based and um that obviously that is what other dental schools adapt to but yeah the negative marking I'm not too sure Hmm. interesting (laughs) (laughs) um to move on now to 
what it's like to live in Plymouth. Could you sort of tell us how what your experience has been? Yeah, so Plymouth is a really good city in terms of size. So it's not too big. It's nothing obviously like London, but it is nice in that you have everything you need and there's always things to do. Like it's not too small. Um, and you can always walk to everything as well. So if you don't drive, I think it's also a very good university to go to because, you know, there's always buses and to be honest, everything you can normally walk to as well. Um, so you have all of your amenities, basically, a walking distance away. And if you like, as I said, I was just saying earlier, if you like anything to do with the coast or the beach, it's honestly an amazing city because there are so many amazing things to see. Like a lot of students decide to stay down um, at Plymouth in the summer just because they know they can sort of use their accommodation as like a holiday accommodation and then just go traveling down south. So it's really, mm-hmm. really nice. Um, also, the university campus is right in the center of Plymouth as well, which is quite good because, you know, you can literally like walk walk down the street and you'll be able to go for lunch at like a restaurant and things like that which is great mm-hmm. um and obviously you do get to move around a lot so you get to see a bit of exeter when you go to clinic you don't stay in exeter you still stay in plymouth you do get to see exeter which obviously is a beautiful place and then obviously you move to truro so it is a really nice city mm-hmm. and i quite like it it's also a very friendly city i find which is something that mm-hmm. i quite like because i'm originally from wales so i'm from cardiff and i think Welsh people are known for being quite friendly normally, so I, would, I was kind of hoping that I'd go to a place where it would be quite friendly, um, and luckily Plymouth is definitely that sort of place. It's a very, very friendly place. Amazing. It sounds like you've had such a good experience of Plymouth so far, and have you had experience of the other campuses yet? Um, so no, so I'm going to Exeter, it's actually in a few weeks I'm going to be going to Exeter, right. so I'm going to be driving instead of getting a coach, which is a bit nicer because it's about a 40 minute drive from where I am, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I've been to Exeter a little bit, um, just because I've just been there for days out and stuff, because it is absolutely stunning, um, but I haven't actually been in the facilities, I know that the Exeter facilities are very, very new and they're very, very swish, that's what I've been told, um, but I unfortunately haven't seen too much of them. Well, I hope you have a good experience when you do go. Thanks. In terms of cost of living in Plymouth, what is that like? Um, So the cost of living in Plymouth, it's not uh, the cheapest, but it is definitely far cheaper than anything like London universities. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know it's quite expensive to live in Exeter as a student, so it's far cheaper than that. I think it's fair. Mm -hmm. I would say it's fair. I'd say it's probably the same as Cardiff. Mm -hmm. Um, which is not too bad, but obviously it's nothing compared to the London universities, which I'm sure are extortionate. (laughs) And when you move to Truro, does the university help with accommodation there? Or is it up to you guys to sort that out? So yes, they have basically a set of halls that you all move into. I'm sure you can get private accommodation, but honestly, finding accommodation in Truro for students is going to be kind of difficult because it is a very small Mm -hmm. place. Um, So yeah, they have like a set of halls that basically everyone moves into. So you'll be with like other dental students there. Okay. Well, that's quite nice. And you've still got a sense of community in the sense of like you're still around Mm -hmm. other dental students, which sounds quite nice. Yeah, definitely. And you've mentioned um, away from the podcast and things before we've spoken that you have a part-time job. Is this something that you keep alongside studying or is it very much in the summer slash holidays? Yeah, so I um, got a job when I, it was about like May time I got a job. Uh, It is something that you can have throughout the term and I know that, I know a few people who do work throughout the year 
but it is quite difficult to manage if you're not organized so I'd say you definitely can have a part-time job but you just need to be sort of on top of it with your revision schedule and planning out when you're going to do things and also making sure that you have time for yourself um, I know obviously some people have to work throughout the year so if you do that's absolutely fine just make sure that you're organized and make sure also that you're taking time to sort of practice self-care and that you're taking care of your own like health and your mental health as well because that's really important um, mm -hmm. I know the university do say that you shouldn't really get a job between 9am and 6pm on weekdays because obviously you might have uh, university activities so it would have to be like an evening or a weekend job um, but if you you know if you find a job that's like a one weekend day that's absolutely manageable um, I would just mm -hmm. say just make sure you stay on top of it and just make sure you're organized with everything and just make sure you're taking care of yourself mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. some good advice and especially to kind of make sure you're keeping on top of things and you actually give yourself time to kind of chill out and take your mind off work mm -hmm. and dentistry as well and just relax as well yeah it's important that definitely to step away so <laughs> to take you back to your own application to dental school how would you describe the application mm -hmm. process for Plymouth is it pretty similar to most other dental schools yeah, so I applied um, in. I was a bit. I was a bit of a weird applicant, to be honest, because I was applying for like deferred entry. So I was always applying to like go in a year's time, which obviously I think with COVID, I know some universities are encouraging their students to defer, but I don't think Plymouth are. But um, I know some universities are encouraging that. But at the time, deferred entry wasn't really a thing. So I remember a lot of universities like what because a lot of them didn't even accept like deferred entry applications. Um, but Plymouth did, and Plymouth the Plymouth application process, it's pretty straightforward to be honest. When I did my interview, ugh, I did it so long ago that it was even panel interview, it wasn't even MMI. I know they changed to MMIs the year after, um, but it's pretty straightforward, you know, it's exactly the same as other universities, you know, you submit your personal statement and then if you get, if you get through to interview then it'll be MMI stations just like any other university. Um, obviously, they will look at things like your UK CAT score. Um, but yeah, it's pretty straightforward, I mm -hmm. think. But yeah, I had a panel interview, so unfortunately, I can't speak too much about MMIs. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did you find your panel interview? I quite liked panel interviews because it was a lot like job interviews for me. And I think if you're used to sort of having job interviews and things like that, then normally panel interviews are okay. I know some people did say that it can be a bit intense because obviously it's actually like four to five people talking to you and also you can't sort of move mm -hmm. on if you have a bad question you sort of you're still stuck with the same people mm -hmm. but I think the people were so nice during my interview honestly they were so relaxed and they were also just they were there to sort of make you feel comfortable mm -hmm. like they were never there to like sort of put you on edge or sort of they were there to obviously test you but they weren't there to sort of make you feel a bit like five against one so it was overall a really relaxed environment and I quite enjoyed it. That's good to hear that you had a good experience with it and I think mm -hmm. it is the kind of sign of a good interviewer isn't it if they make you feel relaxed and it makes mm. you want to then go to that dental school because the people are nice isn't it? Yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a very good point and that's quite unique in the sense that you managed to obtain a deferred entry is that something that Plymouth offers every year and is there many places for that yeah so I think I don't really know to be honest I think 
They do, Plymouth, I know Plymouth do accept deferred entry. I don't know how many they take on, um, but I know they do offer it, I think. Because I wasn't, because I was thinking, do I even apply this year or do I just wait and then apply next year? Because I always wanted to take a year out before I went to university because I thought, I'm going to be in university for five years. After I graduate, I'm going to probably just go straight into work. Obviously, you've got the DFT. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to go straight into work. I'm not really going to have a chance to sort of have a break. Mm. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have a year off before I go just to sort of um, like relax a bit, but also get a bit more experience and sort of see a bit more dentistry. Um, so I know Plymouth were completely fine with that. I They had no issues at all, but I know other universities are quite specific and to be honest, most don't accept good entry. So. Mm. so you're very lucky in that sense. <laughs> definitely yeah i think it's really interesting the approach that you had to that as well like um sort of thinking ahead and thinking oh i'm not gonna have time to myself or i would like to have the year out now so that i can you know put put everything into dentistry when you get round to it yeah exactly i remember i talked to some of my friends who were doing like other degrees at other universities and they were saying well if i'd taken a year out i probably wouldn't have gone back to university but i was like to be honest, if you take a year out and you still want to do the course, then you know that you really do want to do the course and you do want to go into that career. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, it was just the right yeah. thing to do because I was sort of worried. You know, you work so hard at A-levels and I was worried, like, what if I burn out? I don't really want to burn out in dental school because then everything I've done is sort of ruined. Mm-hmm. But I know it is possible to take mm-hmm. time off after you graduate, but I just thought in the long run, I'd rather take a year out now and then just go straight into it and, yeah, put everything I have into it. Yeah. And like you said, you got, you know, you got more experience and things that yeah. made you more favourable to the um, universities or admirable or whatever it is, yeah. the correct word <laughs> to use. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like it worked well for you anyway. Um, in general, Maisie, what has been the best thing for you in attending University of Plymouth? I think for me, it's just been so nice being able to see so many patients. And to be honest, especially over the pandemic, I think obviously we all got locked down and we were all sent home. So I think coming in September and just seeing how the university were dealing with us on clinic, you know, they threw us straight back onto clinic, which was great because it meant that we just got, we didn't really miss out on anything. I feel like we missed out on Mm -hmm. a few months of maybe manual dexterity, but they were always telling us how to sort of keep that up. So I think the fact that they've recovered so well from the pandemic has just shown me that it's such a great university to be at because you know we've been able to see Mm -hmm. so many patients this year and I know unfortunately some students have been harmed a lot by the COVID pandemic in terms of clinical time so I think just Mm -hmm. sort of seeing how they've recovered so well and being able to see so many patients has honestly been the best thing. It's almost like reassuring for for you that Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that you had to worry about so much and that sounds quite nice that like the way mm-hmm. that they've done it anyway yeah definitely yeah and would you have any advice for those that are thinking of applying to dentistry yeah of course so i'd say just make sure that you like look properly about the course structure you know make sure you know everything about the course and it, that it's suited to you like for some people moving to Truro isn't something they want to do so if that's not you know you know that you're not going to apply to the University of Plymouth because unfortunately you can't choose that but I think just make sure that you know that you want to apply to Plymouth and why you want to apply to Plymouth as well because inevitably that will be something that comes up whether it's an interview or even when you start that is going to be something that comes up so just know why you want to apply and yeah. I think that's some really good advice um 
like you say when it actually it shines through mm. when you're really passionate about something yeah. so it'll be the same thing with where you're wanting to study as well yeah definitely and you have an instagram page Maisie is that right yes yes I do yeah and um, would you be okay to share it with those that are listening um just so they can get some tips and things yeah of course it's um at Maisie's dental diary so if you have any questions that applying to Plymouth you know you always feel free to message me and I'll try and answer as fast as I can that's brilliant I'm sure a lot of people will be getting in contact with loads of questions <laughs> um <laughs> I think that does bring the episode to end um so thank you very much for joining us today Maisie you've taught us a lot about Plymouth and what the dental school has to offer there so thanks again for joining us thank you so much for having me guys it's been great yeah it's been a pleasure thank you Maisie thank you so much we are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry and you can follow us on instagram at dental underscore appointment to keep up to date with us but until our next episode bye, bye.